Just saying. <laughs> it's dawn time. Dawn time is a totally different time. Dawn time and dawn language, they've discovered I have my own language, too. <laughs> I make up words. You know? My daughter likes that. Good. See? <laughs>
And like, what about the discoveries that you've made? Yeah, and that, writing and writing and writing and writing and writing some more. Yes. <laughs> Crying a little, laughing. Yeah. I mean, it's all. They're all really great things to be discovering, but there's also this catharsis. The tears are, I think tears are phenomenal. I think they're medicinal. I believe that all tears are good. So I never try to stifle that. And there have been quite a few of those. Yeah, a few of those this yeah. week. Cleansing. Very cleansing. They're cleansing. Very cleansing. Mm-hmm. It's like getting rid of the last of that ick that you were holding on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it kind of goes back to one of those things that I want to bring up at the retreat. Mm-hmm. Like helping people helping women start looking at their own stories and realizing that I read about that a while back. I don't know if you remember it, but about um, stories being myths, like beliefs are just things that you think over and over again, and they might not necessarily be rooted in truth. And so what does that make them? Myth. Because myth is not rooted in truth at all. So what are your personal myths? And can you let go of some of them? Oh, I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. And how many myths do we have in common also? I think Mm -hmm. a few. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we all three have talked about having trouble receiving Mm -hmm. and how we feel like we have our productivity is tied to our worth in some ways. I was also saying about really feeling self-conscious of her, you know, how to look at different situations, Mm -hmm. not really giving to ourselves enough. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I've made any huge, like, personal discoveries. Um, I mean, probably I have. Um, But one of the things that really is on my mind that I think is just amazing is to meet both of you in person. Yeah. Because we've been virtual friends, and, you know... I was a little nervous to like, you know, pull up into the driveway and, and it just went away immediately. You came out and said hi and we hugged and, and then you showed up and it's just amazing. Actually, all the new friends that we, you know, we probably all have made some new virtual friends over the last few years. Right. But then to actually meet in person and then kind of, you know, it just feels so surreal in a sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The energy, I mean, I felt connected to you. I felt connected to you. But when you're together, Mm -hmm. there's just such a bigger exchange of energy. It is. Oh, my gosh. It's always. And I don't know if I told you this. Mm. And I I mean, I know you don't know it. But the reason I came out there was I saw a car coming and I just knew it was you. So (laughs) intuition kicked in. I was like, okay, I'm going out there. And sure enough, yeah. it was you. And that's another thing. I think we've really been tuning into our intuition this week. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yes. a lot, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, I was thinking how, you know, we're all artists and uh, mm-hmm. we all enjoy doing artwork, but how you made that self-discovery that your art is in your writing. 
Mm-hmm. I just kind of, it's funny. I kind of put away my paints and I haven't really, every time I think about doing it, it's funny. Every time I think about painting, I think, oh, I have to get everything out and I have to put it all back up and, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not fun, I'm not going to do it. Right. So, right. And that's, that comes back to the whole, you know, how we, we think of artists as people that paint or draw or whatever, mm-hmm. but an artist can be a singer, an actor, mm-hmm. writer, you know, it's all creative. A homemaker even. I mean, yeah. in the way they cooking. prepare a meal or yeah. culinary. cooking. I, and I was telling her. You know, I was making out that schedule of like, I want to fit everything in. So I'm, <laughs> I'm making out my hours and, and we're like, oh, well, you've got to take some of that cooking time away. And you know, that's another, I like to cook. It's like a, it's like creativity for me. Yeah. What I probably could give some of it up. And, but, but my, we both point out that you're not. Get a time management anyway, so I'm really not what? sure why you're making this schedule. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm just I like her approach though because <laughs> I she was just calculating how many hours it takes to do the things that are important to her in a week, yeah. and then that helps you to be more realistic about your priorities instead of trying to put them onto a onto a calendar. Or onto a planner, you know, with all the hours of the week or whatnot. You know, just really thought about, okay, you know, I want to spend seven hours per week, you know, with meal prep or, you mm-hmm. know, cooking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to see it on that paper, mm-hmm. like I, I'm thinking, uh-oh, every time I added something, I'm like, oh, no, I'm running out of time. Oh, no. What I only have budget. two hours left in the whole week. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it did help me to see it. Mm-hmm. I probably still have some work to do with my time management. Okay. But. Oh, I'm only picking on you because I'm one of those people that gets a new calendar and thinks I'm going to time block and I'm going to do this perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Day into it. I'm already off track. I mean, I just can't. It's just not in my camp. It's not in my makeup to yeah. be able to do it. Yeah. And I look at you and I laugh because I'm trying because I see myself. Right. I am always on time or, or, or early for stuff. Really? But that doesn't mean I'm going to get all my, my tasks done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always on time and early for stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's dawn time. Dawn time is a totally different time. Dawn time and dawn language, they've discovered I have my own language too. <laughs> I make up words, you know. My daughter likes that. Good. See? <laughs> I've got plenty of my own made up. Yeah. I just don't know that I'm making them up. I think I'm saying the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I've really started to, you know, cultivate a little bit of my priorities. And one of my priorities for my sabbatical year is painting. Yeah. And really, you know, focus on making some sales and just trying to see how viable it is to, you know, try to earn a living off of the 
sales of artwork. Right. Or the, the original or prints, you know, all the things. Like, you know, it's really important to me to have that freedom. Mm-hmm. Really important. That's a powerful word, freedom. <clears throat> Being able to do what you love doing. Yeah. And getting paid for it. Yeah. And what's that quote that um, was playing through your phone a few times? Oh. Something about... It turns out that happiness is yeah, related to how much time you spend doing something you love. Not, it's not having to do other things, but it's really you know the balance oh, wait, of time of things that you enjoy. The gap between what your soul loves and the amount of time you spend doing it mm-hmm. will be the size of your unhappiness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And trying to answer to, you know, kind of the masculine way of doing things in these masculine institutions, you know, for this stage of my life is not something I really want to do anymore. I do not ever pray. I never have to go back to some kind of corporate setting. I just, I can't let that happen. So my priority, I've discovered, is a little different than I thought. Yeah. (laughs) And that happened, I mean, yes, with my writing this week, it's been on fire. But that happened when I gave you the hard copy of my book. And what did you say, though, when you, you told me you read them? And what did you say? Because this is what changed my focus. So when she was, when I was reading all of this poetry and all these, you know, little clips that she has been writing, every time I read something, I I said to her, like, I am like visualizing this as a, a painting or a picture every time I read it. And it's so good. You said it felt like it was, it felt like I, it felt like something that I wrote, but I, I, don't write that way, but I could really feel it. I could feel the words. That is so cool. really powerful. And so, what? We're gonna write a book, right? You're gonna, and I'm gonna. You're gonna do the art, and I'm gonna do the art. <laughs> <laughs> She's writing the book. The I'm doing, doing the written. art. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I love it so much. And Alyssa saying, you know, to be able to bridge that gap, that age difference, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our priorities. What is your priority? Well, my priority is to focus on my artwork. I mean, it's going to be a big chunk of my week. Every week, I... You know, I've signed up for a lot of courses and I've completed some of them. And one of the courses that I signed up for was the Milan course because of Lynn. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I did take their painting class and it was really good. And so I bought the the course and I haven't done it because it hasn't been a priority in my schedule. But... After this week, you know, I've realized how important that 
part of myself is. So it has to be a priority and making it a priority. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Because I have been, well, I am painting and I'm doing work and, you know, commissions and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, really sitting back and developing, you know, the next body of work, you know, like all new stuff for art shows and different things. I haven't had that focus. I, it keeps getting pushed back a little bit because, well, I had a higher teaching load than, you know, what I had hoped for. And then I had different service that I had to do at the university and then starting new research adventures and things like that. And so, you know, I know I'm going to have time very soon, but I'm also going to have to very fiercely protect that time. When I go to Italy, I'm going to be on sabbatical and part of my sabbatical research is art related, but the rest of my time is going to be art related. It's going to be me related. So I need that. For Why me. do we have such a hard time doing that as women? Why do we have such a hard time putting our priorities first? Because we live in a masculine, dominant world. Yeah. I think. But also, I think it's because of the, you know, the long-term wounding of the feminine and the women's movement in particular that really got kicked up in the 60s and 70s was all about, like, you know, we can do anything a man can do. So then we've stepped into our masculine and we've lost something in ourselves by doing that. Yeah. Something okay. really important. So now I think the next, you know, feminine movement and the true feminine empowerment is to say, you know what, guys, you can do that masculine thing. That's fine. We're going to do our feminine thing. Well, I guess that perceiving. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, following the intuition, following the joy, you know, following the curiosity. Yeah. You know, not having to jump through all the hoops and ask permission and get the permission and then have to like beg, borrow and, you know, beg some more in order to actually do the thing that you already have permission for. No. And set the hard goals and take this linear path when truly feminine energy is not linear whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can channel it and do linear things, but that's not. Mm -hmm. who we really are. We're meant to kind of zigzagging. Loop back around. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, this looks great. Let's go do this from a while. I mean, that's our natural, where we are supposed to live. Right. But, but learning how to dial in, you know, and really get clear on you know, who we are as individuals and what is our calling. I mean, that's something that has to be really cultivated. It really does. It really does. And that's funny that you say that because that's how I feel like I was when we were walking on the beach mm -hmm. and I told you that I just had this intuitive hit that, um, you know, I've, I feel like I've struggled with things for so long. I've tried so many hats on, but that when I hit on the right, the exact right thing, it's just going to take off and it's not going to matter mm -hmm. how long it took anymore. Mm -hmm. 
and I and, think I'm there. I think I'm there. And that <laughs> was revealed really to you over and over and over again, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. With these, with the things that we're reading and, you know, the card pulls and it's like, oh, there it is again. Yep. And, and the funny <laughs> thing is, is that sobriety has added, added this new dimension of awareness for me. Yeah. So I'm able to really tune in and actually receive mm -hmm. the messages yes. instead yeah. of, you know, my senses aren't dull. Yeah. They're, right. they're online and the epiphanies are coming more and more and more. Uh -huh. And I've had people tell me that before, that they don't, they don't drink because it messes with their messages and what's coming through for them. And um, I think that was like, what a final key for me and it was funny because i kind of likened it to um video games gaming you know uh, up level like i got i reached the next level like yeah, yeah. finished the level but that was just the last key for that level i've got this whole new set of keys i'm gonna find in this yeah. new level mm -hmm. so well we're always growing right yeah. no matter what i mean and that's what i tell try to tell people about recovery it's not you know, uh, removing alcohol or any kind of substance for someone that uses it or, you know, maybe has too much of it does not um, constrict your life. It expands your life. Like it makes things so much bigger without that in the way. And it's, it's a huge fear point for people to make that decision because they they think oh my gosh my whole life is going to change yeah i don't feel like mine has really other than gotten better yeah it's really it doesn't it does get better it great. gets better and better and better it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know as we go on this path of self-discovery and growth you know one of the one of the key components of any kind of recovery from anything whether it be a substance or a relationship or working too much working too much is <laughs> is you know service to other people and and those other people include ourselves yeah which I would, I've really been good about. Sir, I love doing service work. I mm -hmm. love it. I love that kind of thing. But there came a point in my life where uh, I went overboard with it. Mm -hmm. Like it did. It was like I was serving everything and everyone but myself. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that we find that balance, right? Yeah. Because we are, we are by nature people that congregate, you know? It's very important for us to have connection. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm getting ready to go to spend a year in Italy, I'm really reflecting a lot on the, you know, lifestyle differences and work-life balance and just the overall quality of life. And one of the things... Other than the food, okay, I'm always going to talk about the food, but yeah. everybody knows Italian food is great, but um, 
is really their focus on connection. You know, the, you know, the fact that, for example, if we go to a restaurant and when my nephews were little, they just run around all, you know, doing whatever they want, like what kids do. Nobody's bothered by it. That happened here. Parents would probably be maybe asked to do something <laughs> about their kids or they would feel embarrassed or whatever. You know, the cultural norm is just really different. Right. Like there is just much more, you know, tolerant of people in their expression. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that is just so oppressive here in, in the U.S. I mean, yeah, we have freedom of religion. We have freedom of this. You know, we have all this. You know, we have so many different cultures that kind of merge together in the melting pot. But, you know, in all this push to kind of assimilate and come together, you know, somehow we also forgot to have, you know, an appreciation for personal expression. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's something different than, you know, like, we're a really remarkable society in the fact that, you know, we are a big melting pot and Mm -hmm. people from a lot of different nations have worked together and, you know, lived in communities together and such. But... I feel like there is an undercurrent of an expectation, you know, and it could just be my perception, but you know, that everybody needs to kind of assimilate and there, you know, because they don't necessarily have that melting pot necessarily historically, although it's, it's happening more and more that, you know, different kinds of immigrants are, um, uh, moving to Italy, lots of places from all over the world. But it's just this appreciation for human expression that I just can't figure out how to articulate any different. But it's just a rich, rich thing that I I feel like we can really have when we have these kind of, you know, connections with like-minded individuals who support one another. Yeah, right. I think that's why we came together for the retreat. Because we feel like we have something important to share with other women. And I, I feel it can be life changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this week's been life changing. Just mm-hmm. the three of us being together. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yeah. And it hasn't been perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. we've had our little moments of, you know, discord, maybe a little bit or. Not so much discord, but like uncertainty with certain things. But boy, um, that's far and few between. Mm-hmm. And I felt safe to get really vulnerable with y'all yesterday at one point where I was just feeling, well, of course I cried. Because <laughs> that's me. I can't I did too. <laughs> And that goes back to that whole thing about us being uncomfortable with ourselves. So now that we, you know, we already mentioned that, but yeah, that was one of those things where, yeah, ooh, like for example, body image. I didn't like that shot. (laughs) (laughs) That's been huge. I was like, oh my gosh, we can't film this. Look at me. I I know. I'm working on it, but I'm just being honest. Quit looking at me. <laughs> Don't look at me either. <laughs> They're all a little self-conscious. I don't know. 
where or why, but I think it's part of the feminine wound. Yeah. yeah. Because in our society, and I, and I think it's, you know, it's probably fairly global, you know, women as they age are not considered as valuable as men who've aged. I mean, look at the movies. I mean, the pretty woman just comes to my mind, you know, mm-hmm. rich old guy, young woman. I mean, I've never, well, maybe there has been one movie at least that had the opposite, but you know, that stereotype is so frequent, young women, older men, older men are wise, all the things, but in other cultures, I think it's really in these blue zones, older people in general are much more highly valued. So it's both men and women. For some reason in our kind of patriarchal society, it's kind of like the men, but the women have a lot of value. Well, I, a lot of the a lot of the people that I follow, um, it's starting to come back around where the wise woman, the crone, is being seen as more well to to still still being seen as sensual and whole and you know a, a complete person, mm-hmm. and it's becoming more prevalent that this view is being taken. It's there's a long way to go. I think there's little, beautiful there's little pots of it. Yeah. There's little sections of that. But overall, and see, I immerse myself in that. Yeah. So I think it's more highly. Right. I'm mean, just I, like whatever. I think there's containers of that where you have that. Well, and your neighbor is a beautiful example of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 81 years old. She wore, a, you know, some really cute shoes with a little bit of a heel. Uh-huh. Until, and she know, was conversation was amazing. Day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she was working out and pulled a muscle in her back and mm-hmm. lifting yeah. weights. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. She held her own with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I just feel like this transition, you know, at least for me, the transition into <clears throat> 50s, <laughs> it's taken some work. It's taken some real work. And I think it's still a little bit on my mind. Like it's still something that I'm healing. You know, what the expectation is. You know, am I going to, you know, what am I going to do? what am I going to do to live another 50 plus years? We were talking about this in the parking lot on the way to the car. And then I got sidetracked because I thought the car wasn't there anymore. <laughs> so I want to hear more about this, about the blue zones. Uh, the blue zones. There's a, <laughs> there's a number of places around the world that they find people living into their hundreds and still healthy, productive individuals. And so I don't know exactly which countries they are, but they did find that culturally um, people are very valued as they're aging. So they're still working. They're not necessarily, I don't know about retirement or like how that all works, but you know, they're still working. Their opinion is valued. they're staying active in their communities. And so there's a woman, and I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the show notes, um, who's over 100. She's a tattoo artist in one of these island countries. 
and she's just as fit as any person in their 40s, I think. Having a good life. I've heard about her, and I don't remember where I heard it. When I saw an article. She's famous. Okay. I, recently. Mm -hmm. I, I she was on the cover of, of one of the major magazines. It's not one that I subscribe to, but, you know, some major magazine, you know, not people, but, you know, something like that. That she's the cover person of the year. I think that I think I saw hmm. that magazine. I think it. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like standing in line waiting to buy my groceries or something. I think mm -hmm. I saw that, and it was very intriguing. And I, it just jogged my memory when you said it that I've mm -hmm. even heard about that before. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. So stepping into our power and helping yeah. to change culture. You know, whether it just be to change the general generational wounding, you know, our own, you know, lineages or changing culture in, in terms of having these expectations that are different. You know, we as a collective can do that. Mm -hmm. Women have a lot of power to shift culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it is happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's that ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't possibly throw a stone in a body of water without having a ripple. But as we heal, then the men in our lives, the boys, you know, all, they also have a lot of wounding. Yeah. They also have an opportunity to heal. Right. You know, but if we stay small, then they feel like they have to take care of us and they don't have a chance to relax and reflect and heal some of their own wounds. And it is, you're right. Staying small is not the answer. Um, and growing and expanding into our power looks totally different than our feminist counterparts mm -hmm. thought it should. Mm -hmm. A little thought error there. Probably made sense though in the yeah, 1960s. I mean, this is when, you know, they couldn't, you know, their income wasn't even considered when, mm -hmm. if they were, you know, married and trying to get a mortgage or something like that, they don't even, mm -hmm. didn't even, wasn't even. Well, women out. haven't even had the right to vote in the United States for much more than 100 years. So, made a lot of progress. In the yeah. last hundred years, but there's still a lot more to go. Right. But that the answer was that we were supposed to become cookie cutter carbon. Hmm. What's the word? Um, carbon copies of men and their patterning was right. Where I mean, that really started in World War II when you know the men went off to war, and so the women filled the factories. And then after the war, women decided that, hey, you know, we can work. And so it kind of just, you know, things kind of settled back into, you know, the nuclear family for a while. But then I think women really wanted more. Yeah. And so it's it started with, like, we can be equal. We can earn, you know, we can earn the money. There was, like, a song in the 70s, something like, 
I can buy the bacon and fry it yeah. up in a pan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know that song. But the something more that I think they were looking for was, I want to say, almost like an enigma. Like, like they didn't know what they were, what the something more was that they really wanted. And so they went after what they thought they wanted, which was to be. They went after what they thought they as Or they went strong as after what they thought would put them in. Equality. In equality, but also in places of power. Yes. You know, I mean, there's been such a focus over the last, I don't know how many years. Because uh, I, you know, I work in STEM and whatnot, but it's true with um, the corporate world as well, like the leaky pipeline. You know, why are women not rising to, you know, the C-suite? Why is that happening? I think our power lies something totally different. Like where we're really powerful is where we've been ignoring the areas we've been ignoring. Yeah, like, but that brings the, us back to this the intuition. The this magic container that we have here this is where it all starts yes coming together resting taking care of your needs realizing what your needs are realizing your patterns your dark shadows yes right yes yes realizing the dark shadows because if i don't know what those dark shadows are i can't possibly begin to heal or become mm-hmm. better and to realize that some of those dark shadows are valuable right they they are valuable they're not just something mm-hmm. to get rid of right mm-hmm. and a lot of people think they are mm-hmm. and that's yeah that's where a lot of i think i think a lot of the pain comes from is when you think you have to cut out parts of yourself when right. really what you're supposed to do is understand it integrate it yeah 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 and i call it you call it dark shadows. But I call it the hot it's shadow side or dark yeah. hallway. I call it, you know, walking into the darkness. And I've walked into the darkness um, a lot of times. And, you know, when you say you don't want to get rid of your dark shadows, I don't want to get rid of that that part of my life because it's attached to people that I love right so when people say um, you know you'll hear the expression well um, she's getting over that she's getting over that grief mm-hmm. you don't get over it it just changes you move through it and you emerge but like you said it's always a little part of us it's always a part of me you know so but the caveat to that is you emerge if you work through the darkness you emerge um a person that in my experience can experience joy more deeply um appreciate you know the sunsets and the sunrises and appreciate this time right here right now so much more deeply because you've experienced that um 
complete darkness and pain that, um, you know, it just magnifies the good, the, the joy. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience with it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's complete sense. You know, there's been so many, like I haven't, you know, I, I can't relate exactly to what you're saying, but I, my spin on it is that sometimes I feel like there's a part of me that doesn't necessarily serve me anymore. So let's say, you know, I have the creative side, I have the science side. And for a long time, I've been teeter-tottering back and forth, you know, identity as my identity as a scientist or as my identity as an artist. And I think more recently, I've really figured out that my secret sauce, if you will, like the thing that makes me really special is my ability to be in both and combine both. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's no recipe, you know, that we have to necessarily like subscribe to or follow that is out there and written on some, you know, agenda or some program or whatever. It's really like getting clear in ourselves and, you know, doing the work, you know, like you were even talking about, you know, the mirror exercises and really like thinking a lot, like, you know, what, what is it inside, you know, each individual person that is the thing that needs to come forth? Cause we don't want a bunch of cookie cutter women. No, that's not going to heal the feminine. We no. need, we need Variety. Your, your thing, your thing, yeah, my thing, need the messy and their the raw thing, you know, like everybody's, I mean, to be authentic, we need the messy and the raw along with the, right. everything else. You know, I was just thinking about that. Um, why do we seek that perfect um, image and, you know, the perfect woman? Like you think about all the magazine articles and, and, and the things that they promote in our culture mm -hmm. is, you know, the beautiful woman that's all together and, and <laughs> outwardly appears like everything's great and, Life is not messy, and their houses are beautiful, you know, home and gardens, whatever. I mean, I'm thinking of the silver screen years, you know, when yeah. women started to be on TV and in the movies. And Patty Lamar is such an amazing hero. You know, she was on the silver screen. You know, she was a famous actress, and she, she had a look that was just considered to be the height of beauty for that, that time mm -hmm. and that era. But she also had a break. And she, because of, because of her whole story of how she immigrated to the U.S. and at the timing of the wars and different things, she actually um, came up with basically the whole premise of what we now consider to be like the GPS and the Bluetooth with this frequency hopping. And she took it to one of the branches of the military, you know, and you know, wanted to get this patent and she, she did get a patent, but they just said, Oh yeah, thank you. You know, you're a pretty lady, but, and they just humored her and then threw it out. And then actually several years later, they were the, the military people were really desperate. You know, they had to come up with a solution to have their radio frequencies not be, you know, spied upon by, you know, the enemy. And so somebody was digging through these files that they considered to be trash and they found that, that patent mm -hmm. and they found a way to make it work. 
and it's like the technology, the idea behind all of the, you know, the Bluetooth connections and the GPS, all of the things where we have communication that goes through the air, you know, via frequencies is that they hop back and forth, you know, like, why is my Bluetooth individually, you know, separate from yours and yours, you know, we have how many phones are in the in the world and they all are able to communicate with different devices and the cellular towers all at the same time it's because of her thoughts you know her intuition her putting her brain you know to good use but she wasn't considered to be anything other than beautiful at that time Pretty deep conversation here. Yeah. I didn't know that it was going to go this deep, but I mean, <laughs> that's been pretty status quo for our whole time together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're discovering some really powerful things. Yeah. So let's talk about what we have planned. Yeah. Okay. Well, First retreat is in September here. Yeah. The, the arrival on the 12th. Yeah. Arrival on the 12th. So departure the, on the, the 17th. 17th. So the retreat days are the 13th, 14th, 13th through the 16th. Yes. Three days where we will be doing in-depth workshops. So there are six workshops planned. Um, and then with a fourth day, which is an integration day where you can, um, come to us with any questions, anything like that. Um, it's, we're going to do three to one individual coaching with each, each retreat guest and or participant. However, we, we want you to participate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to give you some downtime. Yeah. We want you to participate. Right. Um, all of the breakfasts and lunch, lunches and snacks are included. And we have a dinner cruise uh, one night. So mm -hmm. one dinner yeah. where we actually are going out the water on the water and, having a sunset cruise, mm -hmm. um, sound bowls, sound bowls. The oh, beaches are amazing here. Um, you know, the greatest thing about it is we're giving people tools that they can take home yes, with them. Many tools. Mm -hmm. And you know, this retreat is not going to be like any other because it's the first mm -hmm. and the people that come and gather will give us a unique, energy mm -hmm. and it can't be repeated ever yeah because the first people that come are going to be kind of more of those you know the, i mean not just seekers but there's something about that kind of entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. or that adventure spirit really is it yeah like what i'm looking for a yeah. little bit of adventure spirit yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. risk takers yeah yeah rebels rebels <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So um, we're super excited about it. Yeah. Um, I know it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be bringing um, with some Italy vibes because I'll be flying over from there. Yes. Maybe even some new recipes to try. Cool. <laughs> and there's so much here in Sarasota. I mean, we experience the beaches and they are they're phenomenal. They're magical. They they really are. They're one the what it's Siesta Key is ninety nine percent quartz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is the softest sand I have ever set foot on. It's amazing. 
just the energy there was incredible. That's where we took the the bowls to play the other night. Gosh, was that just last night? It was. Yeah. Oh my god. But the connections. Yeah. The connections are are really what's going to be right. magical. Yeah. Yeah. You'll make and just like we said, you know, yeah, we've talked to each other. Yeah. Over the computers, the but phones. Like in person. But when we got together, these connections mm-hmm. are magical. Yeah. There's just a different kind of energy. So, yeah. So we will put that link in the comments. And if you're interested, you know, tap on the link. And it is limited to 10 women. Um we want to keep it small. We want to keep it intimate. Uh, we want to keep it personal and very spiritual. It's going to be a spiritual experience. Anybody else have anything to add about it? I mean, I just can't wait. I can't this has either. been so great spending this time here Yeah, with you in Sarasota. And I just really appreciate meeting you in person and yeah. I just can't wait to invite more of our friends to join us. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that concludes our little impromptu um, session, but uh, <laughs> you know, let us know in the comments if you've enjoyed this, cause it's a little bit different than what we normally do. Mm-hmm. And um, we have, really enjoyed it. So if this is something that you like, mm-hmm. let us know because we think might we might uh, get together a little bit more frequently. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>